What a glorious sight. Beautiful gathering of these dear divine souls of God and Guru. Please be seated. My dear divine friends, those whom I can see and those whom I know are watching via the video from elsewhere in the hotel as well as all around the world. I can't tell you what a thrill it is to come together like this as a gathering of souls, souls whose flame, whose inner flame has been lit with the love of God by our divine Gurudev Paramahansa Yogananda. So it's such a joy that we have this time this evening to spend in divine fellowship. To begin, let's go where we can truly meet. Yes, as souls. Close your eyes. We'll begin tonight by going within and entering into that sacred space of divine communion where we not only meet as souls, but most important, where our souls touch the divine presence. Throughout this week, you have been meditating, you've been learning the art and science of divine communion. With that momentum that you have built up, let us quickly and directly dive into that presence. Feel at the back of your head at the base of the skull, feel that divine center in the medulla oblongata. Let your attention, let your awareness and feeling rest there momentarily. That, as we know from our study and practice of meditation, is the mouth of God. From that point, that great divine life, that cosmic sacred vibration of Om or Holy Ghost flows into our bodies. Feel that vibration, feel that life and infinite energy that is flowing from the infinite spirit into your body. And as it flows into the brain, two powerful currents of that energy flow into our two eyes. It's easy to feel, isn't it, after we've been meditating. Feel that divine ohm flowing through the brain into the two eyes, and then most important, 
direct that current from the two eyes into the single eye of divine perception, the point between the eyebrows. That current that flows into those eyes by an act of will, by an act of devotion, by an act of spontaneous yearning to see God, to feel God, to know God. Direct that current into the point between the eyebrows, the Christ Consciousness Center, the center of Kutastha Chaitanya, of Divine Consciousness. Feel those currents flowing into that center. And we mustn't think of it just as a center or as a point there in the forehead because it is so much more than that. This is a divine portal, a divine temple where that infinite spirit is manifesting in reality in those three universal expressions, three universal manifestations. In that white starry light at the center of that point is the absolute spirit, transcendental, beyond all motion, beyond all vibration, eternal, unmoving, the life of our life, the being of our being. Also in that sacred space, then there is the manifestation of spirit as the Christ, the Kutastha consciousness, the infinite love that pervades all the universe, that pervades all creation. And then surrounding that blue light of Christ consciousness, the Om, the holy vibration. Feeling those currents flowing from the two eyes into that sacred temple of Om Tat Sat. That great Om vibration in that light of gold that surrounds the spiritual eye. That Om becomes very personal in the guru-disciple relationship. Paramahansaji, our Guru Dave, said that the guru is always present in the Christ center of the disciple. Now feel that personal presence of our Guru and Param Gurus. They are there. They are there reaching down 
stooping down, as Guruji said, from spirit, from heaven, to lift us up. Now become conscious of their help, of their presence. Jesus Christ. Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Mahavatar Babaji. Lahiri Mahashai. Swami Sri Yukteswar. And our Guru Paramahansa Yogananda. Feel their presence and gratefully accept their outstretched hand to lift you up into that divine and sacred presence of God. I wish all of you could have a turn to be up here. <laughs> Not only because then you could give the talk. <laughs> Not that. It's because I, you would then see such an incredible sight of the light and the love, the living presence of our guru, of God, whom he represents, shining from so many faces, shining from this sea of faces. You know, after Guruji settled at Mount Washington, he used to, he used to pray to Divine Mother. He, said, he would say, Divine Mother, don't make me a teacher. All I want, all I want is to drink your name in the company of your devotees. All I want is to drink of your love, to drink of your joy in the company of true devotees.
That is our legacy. And that, as we come to the end of this week of convocation, is what I want you all to crystallize in your hearts and your minds. I haven't come here to give another class, another talk, because you've, you've heard it all, and then some. But I want just to, as I said, to crystallize the experience that you can take with you to remember and to feel and to hold on to in the weeks and the months ahead. Now, first of all, let me, let me just take a moment to, to say thank you and express my gratitude for all of you who have you've sent such beautiful, sweet little notes, little remembrances, Let me just take this opportunity to thank you. I read each one. They touch me because my only wish, my only goal, my only desire is to please my guru and then to do whatever I can to serve all of you. So it touches me when, when there's that reciprocity, when there's that feeling of, of our connection on that level on that spiritual level as brothers and sisters on this path. It's very sweet. So thank you. And let me also take a time now, actually all of us, let's take a moment to express gratitude, to express our thanks to the literally hundreds of volunteers, of devotees, of monks and nuns who have put on this convocation. You know, it's, it's, it's far more than, than those uh, monastics in the orange robes that come up here on the stage and talk to you. That's the tip of the iceberg. And to make that possible, there's an incredible, an incredible infrastructure and, and uh, divine army, really, of, of those who have served all of you throughout this week. And for many weeks, many months beforehand, planning, figuring out all the logistics, becoming ready, and then during this week to welcome you to Guruji's home. So to all of them, thank you, thank you, thank you. And let me, let me especially say, because this year we have extended that experience, we've extended that, that uh, week of convocation so far beyond just the, the locale here. I've been getting emails and messages during the week. I want to share a couple with you. This one is Namaste and greetings from Perth, Australia. <laughs> Hello, Perth. I know you're there. <laughs> and they said, I am right. we're writing to thank you so, zero, 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 so much for having the live stream events available around the world. Our Perth meditation group which celebrates 60 years this year. All right. So, Perth, from your worldwide family of brothers and sisters, congratulations on 60th anniversary. Mm. Mm. 
Our Perth meditation group watched the live stream at our chapel, and it was amazing. We got phone calls and messages from fellow devotees the next day, and they were overwhelmed with love and joy and inspiration. Although we are over 9,000 miles away, we felt we were with all the devotees in Los Angeles experiencing convocation. Please thank all the monastics and lay members for making this available to the devotees of God and Guru. And from equally far, even a little bit further away from Hyderabad in southern India, our YSS center there, it was such a delight to see the convocation online live. We had the screening of the inaugural talk and also the Kirtan meditation at our center in Hyderabad. The devotees were surcharged with devotion during the Kirtan. Yeah, we know what that was like, wasn't it? <laughs> that, we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a few minutes, but that, those were truly divine, all of those kirtans, all of those meditations. And so they, they go on, although it was late in the night, and in the middle of the week, and heavy rains, <laughs> the chapel was filled with devotees who joined in. It was an experience of a lifetime. It was just as if we were transported to a divine realm, another realm. So we look, so, we look forward so much to the talk on Saturday morning, our time here in Hyderabad, Friday night here for us, Saturday morning over there. We'll be coming together to view the live talk at our center, sharing the wonderful vibrations that flow from the opposite side of the world. Can you imagine? Just take a minute and, and, and think about what this represents. All of us here at the convocation that are here physically in the hotel, we've been, we've been bathed in that vibration. We've been charged with the joy and the happiness and the spiritual fellowship throughout this week. And to think of that flowing and being available to all of these devotees in the farthest parts, farthest distance possible away from Los Angeles. I, I know that this is what our guru had in mind when he, for, when he started the term world convocation. It just took a few decades to get there. <laughs> you know, Gurji, the thing about Gurji, he, would, he, he lived in the eternal now. There, were, there, there was past, present, and future were just like a movie on the screen of his consciousness. And when he, when he perceived something, and then he would say, this is, this is what we're doing, or sometimes he would say, this is what we have done, and yet, according to our limited consciousness that's divided up into past, present, and future, what he was seeing in that now, we won't experience, we wouldn't, maybe don't experience for 50, 60, 75 years later. But now you're beginning to see, or now we're beginning to see in so many ways the unfolding of that divine mission to which he gave his life. And this is certainly so wonderful, this idea of, of the convocation reaching around the world. You know, one time he, he gave this analogy. He said, one time in, in Mysore, in South India, he said, I visited a sandalwood factory, and uh, each 
piece of the sandalwood, each shaving of the sandalwood, contributes to this fragrance that just permeates the entire factory, the entire precincts. And anyone who comes on anywhere near that, they enjoy that fragrance. And then he said, so sweet. Similarly, when I go to our SRF temples, there are so many good souls, so earnestly, so devotedly communing with God, that I feel that spiritual vibration emanating from their collective goodness. That's all of you. And he put it into perspective for us. He said, the actions of each individual, in other words, the, that individual experience that each one has in that environment, in that effort of communing with God, those actions leave electromagnetic etchings in the brain that influence future actions, that influence one's character, that influences one's whole life. And, he said, and they leave vibrational traces in the ether which register in and influence the lives of others, the minds of others, the consciousness of others. So what you have created hand in hand with, with our guru this week, his grace is there and your willingness, your receptivity, which has pulled that out of the ether and brought it into this gathering and shared it around the world. And as he said, emanating out really as a blessing to the whole world. This is a cause of celebration. You know, thinking about those devotees that were watching from so far away, well, I wanted to see what that was like too. So I subscribed. <laughs> I put in my password. And there was that beautiful divine kirtan coming through on Wednesday morning. I wanted to see what that experience was like. And it was so powerful, just as these devotees said, it's life-transforming. You know, those chants of Guruji, we, do, we can never underestimate their power. Let me just say a little bit about that. We have the techniques, the basic techniques of meditation, uh, the energization exercises, the Hongsa, the Om technique, of course, Kriya. And we have the teachings that we study, we have the the, the gatherings and the, the fellowship, the satsang that we enjoy with each other. But the chants, the chants are an absolutely vital, an absolutely wonderful element of what our guru has given us. It comes to be, it comes to express and embody what each of us is yearning for in practicing these tech, in these teachings. And ultimately, to give us a glimpse of what the teachings will deliver. You know, when I, when I think back to that kirtan, and now those of you who were there, and if you weren't there, you can go on and subscribe too. <laughs> and even if you were there, watch it again. But just that thousands of voices in unison. My Lord, I want to see only you. 
you, you, only you. My Lord, I want to see only you, you, only you. My heart's aflame, my soul's afire, just for you, just for you, just for you. How our Guru yearns for that heart awakening in each one of us. At least once a day during our meditations or whenever we can do it, whenever we can manage to put ourselves into that yearning, into that crying for God, into that state where, as he said, what does anything matter as long as I can find God? It rips aside the veil of Maya, that, that yearning of the heart. And we can touch and we can tap into that. We can create it in ourselves. It may be foreign in the beginning. I know it was for me. I, I was not naturally a devotionally inclined person. Maybe some of you are the same when you come on the path. But you take the fire, you take the divine spark of those chants and you plant them in the, in the consciousness and you, in, and you envision them and you repeat them and you feel them. It rips aside the veil of Maya. When we say, Lord, I want to see only you, only you. Because what is, the, what is without that? Without that, this world is a mess, isn't it? <laughs> you know, if we don't see, if we don't see, if we don't feel that divine vibration, that divine presence that underlies all life, that underlies all human beings, that underlies everything in this world, it's just delusion. It's just delusion. We go through life like Shakespeare's Hamlet saying, oh, how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable are all the uses of this world. <laughs> and yet, when we come on the path, when we allow Gurji to, to take that spark of divine yearning, that spark of divine consciousness, and, and ignite our own hearts, then, he said, then we say in his words, a little bit less Shakespearean, but very much to the point, when he says, with God, Life is a nest of fun. Without God, life is anything but fun. Same thought. Just one in the King James English and one in, in our Guru's beautiful words. As I said, you, you all have heard such, such a wealth, such a treasure of Guruji's teachings throughout this week. So I was thinking before I came down, I was thinking, what can, Guruji, what do you want to, to convey? What do you want me to convey to those devotees? And I did something that I'm sure many of you have done, and it's a, it's a wonderful uh, sort of auxiliary technique, I think we can find it. You ask, you ask um, a question or you ask for guidance from Guruji and then you take one of his books and just open it. 
So I did that. I said, uh, Guruji, what to, please show me or tell me what, what you want me to, to emphasize, what do you want me to share with the devotees at convocation? And I happened to have the autobiography right next to where I, to my meditation seat. And I just opened it up. And you know what page it opened to? The beginning of this chapter, Babaji, the Yogi Christ of modern India. And you know, this is, this is the thing about when we know, we know that Guruji is talking to us, that he's working through our intuition, because right away, right away I knew what the, what the message was. Let me share that with you. Because in that chapter are these words, and this is, this is I know what he wants you to appreciate, what he wants you to be reminded of. You've read this dozens of times, maybe hundreds of times. But in today's world, in the particular challenges, the particular difficulties and climate that we're going through now, listen to this message. Guruji says this, Babaji is ever in communion with Christ. Together they send out vibrations of redemption and have planned the spiritual technique of salvation for this age. Imagine, imagine that those, those divine beings, you know, that one, as he said, one in form and one not in form, the work of these two fully illumined masters is to inspire the nations to forsake wars, race hatreds, religious sectarianism, and the boomerang evils of materialism. Could there be something that's more timely? That, that's something that we could put into words that's more an expression of what our world, what each one of us yearns for, is looking for, to forsake wars, race hatreds, religious sectarianism, and the boomerang evils of materialism. And then he goes on, Babaji is well aware of the trend of modern times. Mm -hmm. especially of the influence and complexities of Western civilization and realizes the necessity of spreading the self-liberations of yoga equally in the West and in the East. What that says to me is that over these, over these past months and weeks and even, even in recent days, and even going back further, the world tends to weigh on us, doesn't it? There's a sense of, of even fear, of concern, of where, where is it all going? What is, it seems like things are getting more and more chaotic, more and more unspiritual and dangerous and tension producing and fear producing. And I tell you, there is no, there's no greater comfort, there's no greater antidote for that feeling, is just to stop, just stop and remind ourselves, these two divine beings are watching over the destiny of humanity. 
They're watching over the destiny of our planet. And Guruji goes on about Babaji. He says, Babaji's mission in India has been to assist prophets in carrying out their special dispensations. He thus qualifies for the scriptural classification of Mahavatar, great avatar. The chief 19th century disciple was, as we know, Lahiri Mahashai, revivalist of the lost art of Kriya Yoga. And he didn't say this, but we can, we can fill in the next sentence, which, the, yes, the chief 19th century disciple was Lahiri Mahashai. The chief 20th century disciple was Paramahansa Yogananda. Behind this work, behind these teachings, is the living presence of Christ and Babaji, who together have planned this work, have planned this special dispensation, and how it will support and revolutionize and energize and spiritualize the lives of each one of us. Think of that day, 100 years ago next year, we have a big year next year, the centennial of Self-Realization Fellowship in 1920 when our guru arrived in Boston. We're looking forward to a very special year. I think most of you just got a, recently a, some information about that in our e-newsletter. But that 100 years ago, think about that event because these are not just stories in a book. They're not just words on paper. These are things that are a source of spiritual vibration, a source of spiritual life for each one of us. When Guruji was there in his home in Garpar Road, and knock on, he heard a knock on the door and opened it, and there was Babaji. Imagine, as Sri Yukteswarji said that the spiritual state of Babaji is beyond human comprehension. And there he was, standing at the door. And Guruji said, this was the most sacred of my human experiences. And he, Babaji, in that meeting, set this work of Self-Realization Fellowship, Yogoda Satsanga Society, in motion, when he said, Kriya Yoga, the scientific technique of God-realization, will ultimately spread in all lands and aid in harmonizing the nations through man's personal, transcendental perception of the Infinite Father. And then Master says, with a gaze of majestic power, the Master electrified me with a glimpse of his cosmic consciousness. He said, if suddenly there should arise sunburst of a thousand suns, flooding earth with beams undeemed of, then might that Holy One's majesty and radiance be dreamed of. That light, that glory, that spirit, that inconceivable spiritual consciousness, again, it's so to our benefit, it's so to our interest, to our salvation, to make that conscious connection with that spiritual power that came for each one of us. You know, those words of Babaji have a, a very, very important, a very, very vital significance. 
when he was again talking about the great need to transcend the causes of violence, the causes of war, the causes of hatred and division in the world today. And in those words, he made the point that the solutions to those problems are not political solutions. They're spiritual solutions. That's why he said the science of Kriya, the science of God-realization will be what unites humanity, which raises the consciousness of humanity away from materialism, away from the sense that I'm this petty little ego encased in a mortal, vulnerable body that has to keep looking out for its rights and privileges, and instead we partake of that soul consciousness, that kinship that we all share as children of God. That's what our world is going through. That is what our world is struggling to awaken into. You know, Guruji foresaw many, many years ago the pattern of what our world, what our civilization would go through. Many of you know this. Many of you have read this and, and knew that he, he told us, he, he forewarned us that there would be a bumpy road, that there would be crises, there would be difficulties for humanity to navigate as we, enter, as we make our way climbing into that, into that higher age, into that more enlightened age of civilization. And he talked about that, that uh, crisis that the world would go through as it, as it divests itself of those, the wrong and constricting mindsets and superstitions and and um, religious dogmatism. And awakens into a higher age. You know, I remember so often during the 1980s and 1990s and here right in this hotel, right on this platform, many of you will remember our beloved Sri Dayamata who would come at the end of convocation and bestow her, her blessings and her her words of, of encouragement and solace. Who was here for one of those? Look at that, beautiful. You remember that? When she would walk into the room and, and then right away the, you would feel just the hearts of everybody in the room just opening up. And then she would talk. And one time about this subject, she said something that, that I wanted to bring back to your minds that, to share to us because she said, um, over the past few decades, whenever the world gets into a particularly troublesome situation, either the economy perhaps uh, goes through a, a depression or a recession or a crisis, or the outbreak of some armed conflict or some other, some other uh, thing that causes us to be upset and fearful. And she said, people would ask me, is this the world crisis that Guruji predicted that he foresaw? And you know what she said? She said, well, what would you do if it was? <laughs> and then she said, and then just, and then do just that. What would you do if it, if it were? And then just do that. Because she said, what he, what he foresaw and what he counseled for this whole era of, of awakening civilization and that he 
embodied in the SRF teachings, in the SRF lessons. These are exactly, these are exactly what we have to cling to, what we have to embrace, what we have to um, again and again renew our commitment to, renew our alignment with, and then we have nothing to worry about. Then that raft of divine teaching, that raft of divine consciousness, and more than that, that raft of the personal divine presence embodied in the gurus will see us safely through whatever comes. He says, I have already given you the counsel that you need to get through the world crisis. It's the same counsel that I have given the teachings of God communion and of balanced spiritual living, the pattern of life that humanity at large must adopt as we evolve into the higher age. I want to just pause and reflect here on the, the beautiful divine timing of the arrival on the scene of these new SRF YSS lessons. I know many of you are feeling their power. Heads nodding. I know many of you are feeling the, from the comments and the, and the notes and the letters that, that come to me, are feeling nothing short of a rejuvenation of your spiritual efforts and most important, of the relationship, that, that personal connection, that personal lifeline between yourselves and God and Guru. Now let me say one thing about this too, is that, you know, those lessons are very powerful. <laughs> those lessons with the volume, the sheer volume of material, you know, sometimes, and then they come once every two weeks. <laughs> you think maybe our Guru is, uh, does he really expect for me to become a master of lesson four before I start lesson five? <sighs> no, he doesn't. Just relax. You know, and remember, just, just relax. You don't have to you don't have to read and assimilate and absorb every word and every concept and every technique and every principle in the two weeks before the next lesson comes. <laughs> but you know, from these letters, from the messages that, uh, that, each, that so many of you have sent in, I know you're getting the, the basic and most important point. And that is, it's not about the information. Yes, it's, it's learning to meditate. Yes, it's learning the techniques and learning to do them in the most um, correct way that will bring you most quickly into the results of those techniques and those principles. But beyond the information, as our revered past presidents, Sri Dayamata and Sri Marinalini Mata, wrote in that beautiful message that comes with lesson one. It's about the connection, not with the words, but with him who is behind those words. And uh, the Ma's have said to us, feel, and when you're studying the lessons, feel that you are sitting at the feet of the Guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, sharing his divine insights into the realm of spirit. 
when you study and each time you meditate, make that presence real to you. And seek his help and tune in with the transforming power of his love and wisdom. As he said, after I'm gone, the teachings will be the guru. Through your study, through your receptivity, through your assimilation of the teachings, you'll be in tune with me and the great gurus who sent me. And the Maz went on and said, many teachers can impart temporary inspiration, but only an advanced master can transmit the vibratory power of God that changes the brain, that changes the inner being of the receptive disciple. A true liberated guru's words are living. They are instrumental in conveying that unseen power of the guru's blessings to the disciple attuned with them. That's what we're studying. That's, what, that's the, the value of taking a few minutes each day and bathing the consciousness, attuning the consciousness with concentration, with gratitude to that vibratory power of the Guru's teachings. So this past year has been a wonderful one for, for so many of you who have, who have been receiving and studying those lessons. And it gives me a, a huge amount of joy to, to look forward to next year when we will begin letting them or releasing them in other languages besides English. We, um, yeah, yeah. We hope very much that uh, during the centennial year, next year of 2020, that those lessons will, will be published in German, Italian, Portuguese, and Spanish. I hear, I hear, yay, yay. What language was that? <laughs> A universal language, eh? And then, uh, then other languages that are, that are beginning and, and as they become uh, ready, uh, we look forward to in the succeeding years to, to sharing those in Thai, French, Dutch, Russian, Polish, Bulgarian, and Japanese. That's the, that's the SRF lessons, YSS, never one to be left far behind, is uh, hard at work on the lessons in Hindi, Bengali, Tamil, and Telugu. So think about that next year when, uh, or a year or two years from now, just feel, feel that, uh, that joy that we've shared this year by extending the convocation around the year. When we share the, you know, the, the concentrated spiritual power, that tremendous vibration, that tremendous spiritual dynamite of our guru's thoughts and words in all these different languages, in all these different countries around the world, believe me, we are seeing the beginning of a different world.
So to come back, circle back to where we were talking a few minutes ago, it's natural during times like this, it's natural to feel periods of consternation, periods of anxiety, periods of fear. You know, you just open a newspaper or look on one of the news websites, not too often, I hope. <laughs> but it's, you know, we have to keep in touch. We have to be aware of, of the world we live in. It's natural to feel sometimes uh, that trepidation. Every time you do, <clears throat> every time you do, again, just remind yourself, as I do, as all of us, the monks and nuns in these ashrams do, that not only, as I said, are there, there are divine beings watching over the destiny of this world, but realize that each of you has a transcendental divine being, our Satguru Paramahansa Yogananda, personally looking after you and guiding you and protecting you if you take advantage of the opportunity that you have been given. Do you feel that? Are you happy about that? <laughs> We're in good hands. Now, you, those of you who began the new lesson series when they were first released on uh, February 1st, uh, you've been getting them every two weeks, so I believe now you're... Oh gosh, I, I should have checked. I think you're on lesson 13, or have you gotten 14 yet? 13. 12? 13, okay, 13. So then you'll, over the next uh, few months, you'll get to the end of that series of 18. And then after that, um, oh, it's going to be tremendous when you get those lessons on Kriya Yoga. You got... Uh, And that'll, that will take us to the end of the year. Now, I want to, uh, I want to give you a preview because this is, uh, this is again, tying in uh, the message that, that I started with, that I, that I know our Guru wants you all to, to walk away from this convocation with, and that is this renewed sense, not just an understanding or, or an um, intellectual understanding of it, but a visceral conviction of the heart and soul of who and what you are connected with. So listen to what Guruji says. This is in one of the, uh, the final uh, lesson of the, of the Kriya series. Guruji says, Out of the millions of people in the world, through your good karma from the past, and present good determination and discrimination of your free choice, you have chosen to follow the path of self-realization. Listen carefully, because as always, he packs a lot into these words. He goes on and says, The scriptures of India teach that when devotees are deeply in earnest, they are led to their appointed guru, and thus given an opportunity for greater spiritual progress. Jesus was referring to this law when he said, no man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw that soul, draw him. And so, Gurji says, and so I declare that you have been led to self-realization fellowship. 
and you'll go to Satsanga society. You have been led and have been able to come unto this path and its gurus because the heavenly spirit who chooses gurus for his devotees has listened to the subconscious prayer of your willing heart. Isn't that beautiful? The heavenly spirit who chooses gurus for his devotees has listened to the subconscious prayer of your willing heart. The prayer that you may find truth and not mere dogma. That you may find wisdom and not just words. That you may find satisfaction not in theoretical knowledge but in practical wisdom and realization. Now, he sums it up. He says, since you were nominated by divine grace and elected by your own free will to pursue this path, it is vitally important to continue with your studies and find what lies ahead for you. You have been privileged to receive the highest spiritual, religious, and guru-given training enshrined in the immortal lines of the lessons as I received them from the infinite. Always remember, dear one, that you have been traveling by the shortest route that leads to God, the universal scientific path of Kriya Yoga meditation and self-realization teachings. But also remember that you must keep traveling on and on, by putting into practice throughout your life the principles and techniques from the vast, immeasurable ocean of eternal truth that you have read and at least theoretically understood in the relatively short time allotted from the everyday routine of your life. You know, there's no secrets from the, from the, from the guru. And yet, that magnanimity of heart, he understands. He understands. We may only have a few minutes. We, only, we may even to carve that out of our lives. Listen to what he's saying it will do for our lives. Even if we only carve a time out for a little bit of study, a little bit of meditation. Then he talks about the need for making an effort to carve that time out. He says, the sanctity of American life and life everywhere is being invaded by telephone calls, radio, television, movies, aimless visiting and useless chats, social gatherings, and fruitless engagements, <laughs> destroying your inner peace and making it nearly impossible for you to find true happiness and live self-realization in your life. Social expectations of family and friends who do not understand your spiritual aspirations often drain away the time that could be spent in meditation. Yes? yes. He says, almost everybody wants you for what they can get out of you. <laughs> Few consider in what lies your real welfare and happiness. But this is so beautiful. He says, but... If you become an uplifting influence in your family and friends, on your family and friends, through the good behavior and spiritual qualities you develop by applying these teachings, then they will be inspired 
to silently or vocally approve of your increasingly following this path and taking time to commune with God. To bring that about, he said, therefore, I have another vital suggestion for your life that you may really feel that you are progressing in God communion. Introspect at the end of every day. This is write out how and analyze how you can improve. Fearlessly face your character flaws and bad habits. Write out the definite steps by which you are going to banish these traits and replace them with divine qualities and behavior. Through your exemplary spiritual life, formed by self-realization teachings and their practice, you will help to uplift the millions of your fellow sufferers in your family, community, and the world. What a prescription. You know, our guru had such human understanding that though on the one side, he brought the highest absolute truths, the most powerful scientific techniques, he set the bar, he set the standard high because that's what he wants each of us to achieve and he, that's what he knows each of us can achieve. And at the same time, nobody, nobody was more compassionately understanding of the difficulties, of the, of the challenges that we face when we, when we commit ourselves to such a lofty and lifelong goal. He understands. He understands. You have to keep reminding yourself of that. And there's so much that he gave, so much that he, that he wanted this organization to do for all of you isn't it? You know, again, going back to the state of the world today, sometimes we, sometimes we could get a feeling of, why is it so hard for me to meditate? I must be not a good meditator. I must not be a good devotee. But you know, that is a complete misperception. In the world today, each one of us who is striving to meditate is going against this, this strong, and powerful diversionary current is swimming upstream. So don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself. Even back in uh, years, decades ago, Gyanamata talked about this to some devotees, and she said, she said, I, I saw some letters that uh, devotees wrote to, to Guruji and said uh, that, they, that they were having such trouble, this was in the years of World War II, having trouble meditating, and he said, yes, many people are experiencing that. And it's because of the vibration that we're contending with, the vibration that we are striving to overcome, striving to penetrate through, striving to rise above by practicing these teachings. Each one of you is heroic. Each one of you who, who commits to that, never blame yourself for the struggles or the perceived lack of progress don't do it because you, as I said, each one of you, and I, I say with the eyes of faith, even though I can't see with my physical eyes, those of you who are watching from behind this camera and there's centers and groups and individuals around the world, you are becoming 
disciple, true disciples of self-realization of Paramahansa Yogananda. Just keep on. Now you know in, when we meditate how much, even this week, how much we've experienced the help of meditating with others. So I want to, I want to share with you a glimpse of some, something else that Guruji is doing for his disciples around the world. I'm gonna, we're going to need the, uh, we're gonna need the uh, video screen in a few minutes. Because uh, soon now, in the coming weeks or months, it's going to give us great joy to inaugurate the very first Self-Realization Fellowship Online Meditation Center. You know, there's so many benefits, tangible and intangible, that come from participating physically at one of our temples or centers or meditation groups. But there's so many, there's so many devotees around the world, in this country and other countries, that not only it's too far to go to a center or a meditation group, some of them may not even in their lifetime even meet another SRF or YSS devotee. Imagine, imagine. So for all of them, for all of them, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> all right, can you uh, show the, uh, let's see the, the, first, uh, the first picture here. Can you put it on my monitor too? There it is. This is, uh, this is just a prototype. This is, uh, so, I really just wanted to do this because you're all here together at Convocation, but it uh, gives you an idea. Online meditation center, just like any of our physical meditations, this will be uh, guided and, um, and administered by the monks in our center department and mother center, but it will be run and the services and the meditations, just like in our physical centers and meditation groups, by our wonderful lay members around the world. So uh, you'll see, you go in there, now uh, go down to the, uh, uh, well, well, you'll see, this is what Guruji says here. Go to the next picture. It, he says, group meditation is a castle that protects the new spiritual aspirant as well as the veteran meditators. Meditating together increases the degree of self-realization of each member of the group by the law of invisible vibratory magnetism. So the way this is going to work is that any devotee around the world who wants to get into that invisible vibratory magnetism and support of their individual efforts can come to this online meditation center. We're going to use video conferencing software that uh, this will all be explained. I'm not going to get into the technical details, but there's freely available video conferencing software. We, we already use it um, in SRF, in our conferences. I talk fairly often with our monks in YSS and our other ashrams around the world. So each devotee who wants to participate will, um, will use this video conferencing software and go at the designated time to one of our meditation services. Now, there's two parts of this. There's going to be meditation services. Now go to the next picture. 
online group meditation, you see that picture, those are in, all those individual little squares, those are the video conferencing windows of devotees. These, this is just our test group uh, that we've been working with for, for several months now, all over the United States in those little windows. So we'll have those meditations, and then we're also going to have online study groups. Again, this goes back to what we were saying about the lessons, about the, uh, we know, I know all of you feel, all of you have been, have been touched and set on fire with the, the potential of the spiritual transformation that can flow into your life from these, from these lessons and from the other books and writings of our guru. And for some time now, in some of our temples and some of our centers, uh, devotees get together, and this is how it works. They, they'll come together in a group, and say the topic, uh, say the study at that point will be, let's just say the lessons, because we're going to start that, um, I hope, as soon as we're able to get the technology set up. Uh, so everybody will come with their lesson one, and uh, first one person will read a paragraph, and everybody else will follow along, listening, and then there'll just be a period of silence, of meditation for a few minutes to absorb that. And then the next person in the group will take a turn and read the next paragraph. And then the next person, and the next person. You know, this, this has been, as I said, has been going on in some of the centers. I know Boston has been doing this for quite some years. Encinitas Temple, some, some of our other temples do this on different nights of the week. And um, I remember it was such a joy, they would write uh, several times to our beloved Myrna and say, we're going through the Gita. We're going through the second coming. And um, she was so thrilled because she gave her life, it didn't it? We all know that. She gave her life to making these teachings, to not just the teachings, but to be making this living link with the consciousness of the guru through the teachings available to devotees around the world. And how thrilled she was when Guruji's disciples would come together and study in that way. One of the one of the uh, longtime devotees who had been participating in that wrote to me recently and said, here's how we do it. One person reads, then we have silence. Then the next person reads a little bit, and then we have more meditation and silence. And at the end of the hour, brother, we were drunk. <laughs> we were intoxicated. That's what we want you to feel. Isn't it? So I have, uh, we have a little, uh, couple of little videos here. I want to, again, just uh, let you have a glimpse of, uh, this is going to be, um, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, next month or anyway, sometime soon. Can I, uh, can I be like Gorgie? It won't be the next 50 years, I'll, t I'll promise you that. <laughs> I'm not, uh, not going to hold to that, e that's, that strict interpretation of the eternal now, but you will get that soon. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute because it gets even more inspiring. But let's watch these, let's watch these little videos. First one you'll see is, uh, this is how uh, when you go to the site and you select the meditation you want, to, you, want to partake, you want to participate in. First, there's group practice of the energization exercises. And then, of course, the opening prayer and the other elements of meditation. So let's watch this video together. Just, just a couple of minutes. 
You see those windows. Heavenly right? Father. Heavenly Father. It is thou who dost directly sustain our bodies. It is thou who dost directly sustain our bodies. Double breathing with tension. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Mother. Mother. Friend. Friend. Beloved God. Beloved God. A very warm welcome to our one hour meditation service and an especially warm welcome to anyone who may be joining us for the first time. It's wonderful to be meditating in this way with people from all over the world. This morning's reading is from our Guru's spiritual diary on practicing the presence of God. No matter which way you turn a compass, its needle points to the north. So it is with the true yogi. Immersed he may be in many activities, but his mind is always on the Lord. His heart constantly sings, my God, my God, most lovable of all. stand to perform the healing technique. You know, I, I know you're all clapping because you can feel the potential of this and probably behind that you can feel the great joy that our guru must feel. In one of the aims and ideals of Self-Realization Fellowship and you'll go to Satsanga Society, you know, one of the basic uh, objectives of SRF as, as established by Guruji is to create temples of self-realization in all lands and individual temples in the homes and hearts of devotees all over the world. Again, that power of group meditation. It will change the lives of individuals. It will change the tenor of vibration of our contemporary world. I want to say we have one more video. We have two more videos now. Let's see the next one of the... This is the... Uh, show the one of... Um, uh, just some comments of, of some of the devotees who have been participating. Again, these are... I, I'm going to tell you more about these devotees in a minute because it's very inspiring. But um, we had this uh, prototype group, this test group, um, over the last few months while this was being constructed. And I wanted to share with you some of what they experienced. So let's see that video. Amazing to be able to meditate with uh, people all across the country right now. For those who are... Uh like a little bright shining star all by themselves wherever they may be and there may not be 
a circle or a temple or a center, it gives them a way to connect with Mother Center and with other devotees on this path so that they know that they're not alone. When I actually joined one of the meditations for the first time, what I felt was that special intangible feeling that you know is Master's blessing and Master's grace. I was surprised, especially the very first time, how much the online meditation felt like an in-person meditation group. We are more than a body. You don't have to be in physical proximity to each other. You just are connected in spirit. I felt a palpable sense of connection and that was just very powerful. We have, in our group, we have three meetings a week, but to have something to go to every day is, is really wonderful. I was on a business trip recently and it worked out great because we were having an online meditation while I was away. And so it was a crazy day of um, meetings and all kinds of worldly stuff. And at the end of the day, I was able to go back to my hotel room and tune into the meditation. And it was just like um, really having, you know, a little oasis in the middle of uh, the Midwest. <laughs> It helps me become very regular and disciplined. Even if I'm traveling, I'm a business executive who travels, or if, even if I'm at home, I have my meditation online. I recognize a need that I didn't know that I had, and it's for structure. It really felt like, wow, this is going to give me the regularity that I'm looking for. It's impacted me in, I would say, numerous ways. Number one being that I think my sadhana overall has improved. This is a, such a strong reinforcement to get my morning and my evening meditation in. It surprised me like how deep it was, even just from the first moment of sitting together. For me, it has had a feeling almost of being in an ashram and that there's a strong sense of fellowship and support between everybody that's been attending. It just really makes them feel a part of SRF. They feel connected and that's so important in our path, and our sadhana. I would encourage anybody who is able to, to come, attend, meditate with us. Beautiful, what can you say? You know, one of the, uh, one of the uh, devotees there that we saw in, in uh, other comments, she was saying, um, as this site was being developed during the last few months, she said, uh, they live in Iowa, in the middle of the United States. She said, this was such a harsh winter, there were actually four or five Sundays or Thursdays when the devotees, it was blizzarding. They couldn't even come to the, to the service, couldn't even come to the... But then to have something like this, then they don't miss a beat. So lots and lots of possibilities. Now just briefly, let's see the last one. This just shows a little bit about the uh, online study that will, that will happen. Everyone, it's now time for our lesson study. So let's begin on page 10, the paragraph beginning with the words, pray as a child of God. Will reader number four please read the next long paragraph? Light. In addition to sound, vibration produces light. 
That concludes our reading. We will now practice an affirmation. Thou art my father, success and joy. Now, as exciting as that is, that's only half of the story. <laughs> you know, permit me just for a moment just to reflect back on these last two years. When, when the board asked me to assume this responsibility, there was such a consciousness of the spiritual giants in whose footsteps I was going to be trying to follow in. And there was such a sense of responsibility to Guruji and his work, and yes, a sense of responsibility to all of you. And not just responsibility, but a sense of opportunity, a sense of because of the literally astounding accomplishments that had been worked on year after year, decade after decade, by our guru and by those great divine ones that, to, in, in whose hands he entrusted his work in the decades after his passing. So much of it has been ripening behind the scenes. And so I, I jotted down some things that I, that I wanted to Remember that I wanted us, the other monks and nuns, the, the, the wonderful lay members that serve with us, to focus on. And I won't share all of them now. Some other time I'll talk about them. But just to mention three of them to keep forefront in the priorities. One was to complete the publication of Guruji's teachings. One was to fully take advantage of the opportunity to use digital media, digital tools to maximize dissemination of the teachings and to serve in a better way all of Guruji's spiritual family around the world. And the, the, another one was this, and you'll see why this relates to what we just saw, and that was to tap more into the vast pool of wisdom and ability and devotion and dedication that exists in our, Guruj, our Guru's worldwide family of lay members of SRF and YSS. I feel so strongly about this. When looking out here and, and knowing other devotees around the country and around the world, we have an unbelievable opportunity and resource. We have devotees that have been meditating, that have been practicing uh, inner discipline, inner sadhana, following the teachings for decades, 20, 30, 40 years. I applaud all of you. And now, now I want to add a greater opportunity in the sadhana of, of anybody who wishes to have it, a greater opportunity for the dimension that is so sweet and so powerful and so transforming in sadhana, and that is Guru Seva, service to the Guru.
There's so much that, the, that you beautiful, wonderful devotees who have lived the life, who are living the life, can do for Master's work. And believe me, I am going to, and I have the monks and nuns and others that I work with at Mother Center and our other ashram center are going to be concentrating on this over the next year or two. So some months ago, I reached out to two or three um, longtime lay members and expressed this. And uh, they reached out to, uh, to uh, a few more. So there was maybe a group of 20 or 25. And you know, they are the ones that created this online center for all of you. They created it for the Mother Center, for Center Department. Now, now it will be run, as I said, by, by our monks and our, and our Center Department. But this is just an example. This is just a, I, I, I said to them, come up with some ideas of things that, that you know devotees around the world would benefit from, that they would, that they would be helped by. And they worked together. They, uh, they did all of the programming. They did all the thinking, all the planning. Um, are still working. As soon as convocation is over, we're going to get back to work and finish it. But um, this, is a, this is a tremendously satisfying first step. And I, I can't even begin to um, estimate the great blessings and the great um, benefits and spiritual and material progress that this will bring to Guruji's work. So a big thanks to those devotees. You'll be hearing more about this. As I said, uh, these are prototypes. Don't call Mother Center and say, where can I, where can I log on to that nice study group? Because the, uh, I, I promise you, the person who answers the phone has no, no more idea than you do. <laughs> so just watch your email newsletter and all of this will, will roll out. And there will be lots of things on its, on its uh, heels. So I look forward to the centennial of Guruji's work. With, we've come out of this past year of... of um, the tremendous blessings and spiritual rejuvenation, spiritual recharging embodied in the new edition of the SRF Lessons. Now we'll build on that, we'll grow that, we'll draw more and more devotees in, in these different ways that, that you've had a glimpse of. And we'll have something to, to show to our guru, to our param gurus, and yes, to Babaji and Christ, who set this work in motion a hundred years ago. There's so much more I, I, that, I, that I could say that I'd like to say, but more than that, so much more that I would like to do for all of you. I know that all these monks and all these nuns, excuse me, all these monks and all these nuns, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, what's the garb of a temporary incarnation? It's a <laughs> these souls, I know they feel as I do, there are not enough hours in the day to do 
what we would want to do out of our great love, our great respect, our great friendship and bond and kinship with all of you. We pray for you. We cherish you. We love you. <laughs> so even though there's, we could, we could say more, I've shamelessly gone on way beyond the uh, allotted time. Do you forgive me? <laughs> well, let's just have a moment or two of, of silence and... Let's practice one thing together to take with us. You know, in that, in that online study group, <clears throat> the passage that uh, one devotee read was vibration, meaning that great Om vibration, that Holy Ghost vibration that we touched and contacted and invoked at the beginning of this event tonight. That great vibration has sound and it has light. Many of you know this meditation that we often practice together in affirmation. I am submerged in eternal light. It permeates every particle of my being. I am living in that light. The divine spirit fills me within and without. Beautiful, powerful affirmation. Now tonight, let's, let's take the other aspect of it that was in that reading, and that is the aspect of sound. Quiet your body, quiet your mind. Tune the heart and mind radio to that all-pervading cosmic vibration of Om, Holy Ghost, the voice of God. and feel. I am submerged in eternal sound. You can repeat with me if you like. I am submerged in the eternal sound. It permeates every particle of my being. I am living in that sound. The divine, spirit the divine Spirit fills me within and without. I am submerged in the eternal sound. It permeates every particle of my being. I am living in that sound. All of my cells are drinking from the ocean of that sound. I am expanding in that sound. I am devoted to that sound. I am loyal to that sound. I am one with that sound. The divine spirit fills me 
within and without. One more time, I am living, I am submerged in the eternal sound. It permeates every particle of my being. I am living in that sound. All my atoms are spiritualized in that sound. I am living in that sound. I am devoted to that sound. I am worshiping that sound. I am loyal to that sound. I am expanding with that sound. I am one with that sound. The divine spirit fills me within and without. My dear divine friends, God and Guru bless each and every one of you until we meet again, either in person or in one of these virtual venues. You'll see me on that, on that meditation site from time to time and some of these other monks and nuns. I look forward to each joint effort that we make together to anchor our lives in that joy, in that security, in that courage and faith and understanding and spirit of giving that flows from every contact we have with that divine beloved of our souls. Jai Guru, Jai Guru. I'll see you at the next convocation, and some of you, I'll be looking forward to our visiting with our European members in Italy and Germany in October, and then on to India for three programs in three cities in India to, again, share this kind of satsang, this kind of fellowship.
I hope to see many of you there, and if not, when we meet again. God bless you. Jai Guru. Thank you.